What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Backseat Directors Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Hutchins, and this is episode 17, and after one week off, we are back. We had to skip a few movies, uh, didn't get to see The Mummy, didn't get to see It Comes at Night, but we are back with a different movie, and one that I was actually very excited to see, and we have a new co-host on uh, this week's show, and one that I'm also very excited to have on. Uh, today we have Rachel Ogden. Rachel, how is it going? It's going pretty good, Andre. I'm excited to be here. Well, thank you, and I'm excited to have you on. You know, so Rachel is a, a close, very close family friend, basically sister to my brother-in-law, Devin, and uh, a Renoite as well, right? Oh, yeah, you know what? We Reno people are the best there are. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. Everyone that doesn't know Reno or never has been to Reno, never has been to Reno, you know, Reno gets a bad rep, but, uh, but we, we are, we are living proof that good things do come out of Reno, right? Absolutely. We have a reputation to uphold. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Well, Rachel, you know, um, Samantha and Devin, so my sister, Samantha, who actually just did the last episode with, uh, the review we did with, uh, uh, my cousin, Rachel, um, but (laughs) so cousin yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> different Rachel totally different Rachel and good thing too but it, so she's been telling me though that uh, you know you've been wanting to come on the podcast and we've been trying to connect get you on but you know finally we were able to so it's gonna be great yeah I'm looking forward to it okay so first thing that we do Rachel is we want our listeners to get to know you and we do that with some get to know you questions now it's time for some get to know you questions. All right. Okay, are you Let's ready? Yep. Okay, question number one. Rachel, what is your desert island movie? Okay, so the way I approach this question is not like I think some of the listeners that you've had on here uh, pick a movie that they think they'll never get tired of. Um, I don't know if I was trapped on a desert island, I would live that long anyway, but I'd want it to be fun. (laughs) I'd want it to be fun, and I said, okay, so if I'm on a desert island, I need a movie that has a great story, gives me all the feels, and has great music that I can just sing along to. I mean, I'm all alone, so it doesn't matter. I can sing as embarrassingly, because I'm terrible at it, so you know, I can just sing as loud as I want. Okay. Um, So my it was a tie between Les Miserables, uh, the most recent version. Oh, really? 2012. Uh-huh. Okay. And The Sound of Music. Um, because I feel like they hit both my requirements. But I can only pick one. So I decided to compromise. And I'd choose Les Mis. So I could, you know, sing out on my own very loudly and very accurately <laughs> to my situation. But I, w- I would want a volleyball named Julie Andrews to be my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of like wilson yep <laughs> but you know she's just such a friendly person in real life i'd probably i wouldn't try to draw a face on her i would just butcher it but i'd be like this is my friend julie and i'd be insane but i'd have fun hey that's great you know I, i've actually given this question a lot of thought and i don't really know what answer i have yet for this question but you're starting to make me think to go in a different direction you know oh, okay yeah so i i like the musical direction i really do and there are some great musicals out there there really are so okay great oh, answer sure. okay rachel number two what is your favorite movie theater snack 
Okay. Um, I mean, popcorn, obviously, mm-hmm. but uh, Samantha was telling me I can't say popcorn. <laughs> um, but I had a hard time coming up with a candy that I get consistently. So I'm just going to go with uh, the biggest Dr. Pepper that you can get. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is actually really surprising. Like, I mean, I think my wife said like, oh, yeah, popcorn and Diet Coke. But um, you were the first person to say like soda like soda is your your go-to snack that's great that's awesome yeah okay um i i couldn't think of anything else and dr pepper it's got to be dr pepper you know? Now, you know they have those like uh um you know those big coke dispensers like the electronic ones where you can do yes. like flavor shots and stuff like that so uh-huh. are you, are you just go in regular dr pepper or are you putting any other type of flavor in it um, you know, I haven't had the opportunity to go to a movie theater that had that option, but I'd probably put peach flavoring and vanilla flavoring. Wow. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Question number three. What was the first movie that made you cry? And if you can't remember, what was the last movie that made you cry? All right. So this isn't probably isn't the first movie that made you know me tear up and cry a little but growing up I was a huge tomboy and that was my point of pride that I don't cry you know I'm I'm tough I watch action movies that's my that's my style and (laughs) I still remember um (laughs) I was 15 and I was house sitting for um Devin his family um and they told me you have to watch Titanic and I said, oh, come on, this dumb romance movie. I don't want to see that. And they said, no, no, you have to see it. So there I was. It was like 2.30 in the afternoon. I'd just gotten home from school or gotten to their house that I was house-sitting. And I put in Titanic, and I'm like, okay, here we go. Let's have a laugh. Um, Let's have a laugh? <laughs> you, nope, no, no laugh. <laughs> in fact, quite the opposite. I remember racking sobs and completely soaking one of their throw pillows oh, um man. and i mean the scene that really i mean because it's it's a pretty good movie up till the point you know when everything goes downhill yeah um and but that scene where they're playing near to my god to thee on the the string quartet yeah the band um mm-hmm. and you're seeing these images of families oh i'm getting all choked up thinking about it now oh my gosh (laughs) just um you know you're seeing all these families just dying and i and it made me think that i mean looking back on it now how many disaster movies or superhero movies we get that millions are dying and you're like oh wow millions of people are dead but this movie made you feel the weight of every person that was dying on that boat yeah. Um. And so I just, I just remember just being so impacted by it and so embarrassed that I had absolutely bawled like a child. But yeah, that's the one I can remember. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's definitely a reason why the movie sits at the number two highest grossing film of all time. Uh, definitely a movie that's beloved by many, many people. And an excellent answer. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> okay, Rachel. Question number four: Do you have a favorite movie director? and or actor well my favorite actor is russell crowe hands down ah, no I, see, I see a lay miz connection uh yeah and you know i actually <laughs> i'm probably tone deaf but i didn't think his singing was that bad <laughs> it's probably the only reason i can listen to it or put it as my desert island movie yeah i i had heard that uh 
that uh, you weren't too big of a fan when I said that he wasn't the greatest of singers. <laughs> oh man, that's embarrassing. <laughs> but yeah, I just I got to back him up. You know, he's he's my guy. I I think you know he's like the, my definition of masculinity. So if there's any like people that think they're like Russell Crowe, you know, I'm single. Hit me up. So. <laughs> hey, just curious though. Um, so Russell Crowe, what what's your favorite Russell Crowe movie? Is it Les Mis? Oh, no, no, no. Bill, no, no. But <laughs> that's a good one, but it's not. Does it come close to his performances in Gladiator, A Beautiful Mind, and Cinderella Man? Nice. Oh, I yeah. I think Cinderella Man is actually my pa- favorite performance of his. Yeah, it's it's a, a highly underrated film. That That oh, is a absolutely. fantastic movie. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, last question. You ready? Yeah. If you could change the ending of any one movie, which movie would it be and how would you change it? Um, I've thought a lot about this one because I think it's such an interesting question. Um, but there's no movie ending that upset me more than Million Dollar Baby. <laughs> and I remember watching it um, and I was at my brother's house and he said, hey, I have to go to work. We have to leave. And I thought, no, 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 like she's in a big fight, you know, and I have to see this, how it ends. And he said, well, take it home, you know. But then so I remember just the 15 minute drive home was agonizing. I wanted to see her win this fight. And I finally get home and my mom's like, hey, you have chores, you know. And I said, mom, no, you have to let me finish this movie. And I watched the ending and I thought it was a joke. I could not believe that the pattern of her facing adversity and always having her characteristic optimism and smile would result in her breaking her neck after I think she won the fight. I think she was actually declared the winner when the opponent took the cheap shot and she fell and mm-hmm. and broke her neck. And so she she achieved everything and at the height of her glory and happiness, it gets stolen from her and in the end, she said, you know, she's so depressed. She tries to kill herself. And then eventually her trainer does. And it's like, well, on that note, we leave, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For me, Million Dollar Baby was a movie I watched once and I probably won't watch it again. I not, definitely won't. Not, not because I didn't. I mean, it's not like I didn't like the film or thought it was a bad film. It was just, yeah, it was a hard film. That's what it was for me. At Absolutely. Least. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, and I totally, I agree with it actually winning. I think it won best picture that year. Yeah. I can't remember. Um, yeah. And I agree with that. And that's why the thinking of changing the ending of that movie is kind of a hard thing because it's, I think it, it exists as a, a piece of art, you know? Um, we can't imagine ourselves changing the Mona Lisa. Well, maybe if she had longer hair, you know, but, um, and I can't, it was hard for me to think of how I would change it, but, um, I think in the end I would change it by allowing her to be, you know, to be paralyzed and to have that happen to her and even have that moment with her trainer where she says, please let me go, you know? Right. And then maybe kind of do like a fade out when he's like reaching for the ivy or something and and just kind of fades out and you don't and then it like flashes forward to the future and it seems like it's setting you up to think like, oh, okay, he did kill her and he's thinking about her and and like and just kind of set you up to think that she's gone and then he shows up to work at the gym and there she is in a wheelchair with her characteristic smile. And I imagine her like with like she's trying to regain motion or something. So she lifts her fingers to wave at him and like says hi how you doing you know calls him his nickname or whatever and and then that way the movie would spread the message of instead of 
you know, don't be optimistic. It's just going to set you up to fall, right. but rather continue to be optimistic, continue to smile through things and, and you'll find pieces of joy along the way. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Like, and honestly, I, I, I totally understand that movies are an art form. It's an art form for those who make the movie, who act, who produce and direct the movie, you know, because yeah. it's their vision of what they of the, what they want and are at least for the most part what they want without too too much influence from the movie studios and other, you know, other investors telling them what to for do. Sure. But um, I, I think as at least my opinion, as an audience member of any movie, you become part of that movie and it becomes part of you. And so if there's something about it that you don't like as just like, you know, just hypothetical, I think we totally have the right to think of a movie and think about how we would have had, you know, wanted it to end or change the story or something like that. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's great. I, I, I like that different ending to that movie. I think it probably would have made for a much more pleasant movie. <laughs> <laughs> you might watch it again. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I'm flattered. <laughs> no, definitely. It definitely sounds like you gave that question some thought. So thank you. That was awesome. No, okay. Thank you. Well, Rachel, excellent answers. So uh, now that uh, we've gotten to know you, let's jump into this week's movie. Backseat Directors presents this week's movie. All right, let's do it. Okay, so this week's movie is The Book of Henry. Movie details. The Book of Henry is an original screenplay by Greg Horitz that tells the story of an 11-year-old child genius named Henry, his younger brother Peter, and their single mom Susan who raises them. Their small hometown in upstate New York seems like a quiet and unsuspecting place. That is until Henry discovers that his 11-year-old neighbor and classmate is being abused by her stepfather. Henry makes multiple attempts to intervene by bringing this issue to the attention of other adults, but none of them intervene, so he decides to take matters into his own hands. Henry devises a flawless plan and writes everything down in his red journal in a last attempt to save his neighbor and friend from the abusive hands of her stepfather. The Book of Henry was released in the U.S. theaters in June, uh, on June 16, 2017, has a running time of one hour and 45 minutes and it is rated PG 13 for thematic elements and brief, strong language. So, um, okay. (laughs) Listeners, you'll find out later on in this episode, um, in our review of the book of Henry, this, this movie is very different. And even though that this movie has child actors, uh, the themes and storylines of this movie are not necessarily meant for children. Um, so I would be cautious in bringing any children, you know, under the age of 10 to this movie. But the Book of Henry, it stars Jaden Lieberher as Henry, Jacob Tremblay as Peter, and Naomi Watts as Susan, and Sarah Silverman as Sheila. <laughs> I had to add that in. Yeah, Sarah Silverman does play in this movie. Okay, so Jaden Lieber has been acting for a number of years and in many different films. And if any of you listeners have seen the 2016 film Midnight Special, you'll have recognized Jaden as as he played in a starring role as Alton. Jaden is also starring in the upcoming reboot of Stephen King's It, coming out later this year. Uh, Jacob Tremblay is also making a name for himself at his young age, as he also starred in the 2015 film Room as Jack with Brie Larson. The Book of Henry is directed by Colin Trevorrow. Yes, that's right. You heard me correctly. Colin Trevorrow, who really made a name for himself as the director of the 2015 movie Jurassic World. Uh, But also Colin Trevorrow is 
is contracted to direct the final chapter of the new Star Wars trilogy in Episode Nine, which will come out in 2019. Uh, the Book of Henry had a production budget of $10 million. And in uh, the opening weekend st- uh, sales, and this is still the opening weekend because I'm recording this Sunday, the current numbers reporting are very low uh, with around $1.4 million in the domestic box office. But this is not surprising for a movie that did not have much marketing or promotion behind it, at least not from uh, what I could tell. And I don't imagine this movie to last that long in theaters as it makes, uh, it's, as it makes way for other bigger budget type movies. Okay, Rachel, let's do the movie review for The Book of Henry. Backseat Directors Movie Review. Okay, Rachel, after seeing this movie, and I guess, okay, wait, before I ask you what were your, your initial thoughts were after you saw the movie, just curious, did you watch the trailer to the movie before you saw the movie? I did, and that was the only thing that I would let myself do because I didn't want... Um, I'm, I always look things up on Rotten Tomatoes. I see what the buzz is. Um, and this time I thought, well, if I'm going to be, you know, this movie critic, then I got to have my own opinion and not be influenced by other things, you know? Yeah, so that's no, I kind like of that. the, like that's that. kind of the attitude I took with this one. Um, I just watched the trailer and I tried to tell people, don't tell me anything you've read about this movie. <laughs> um, just, just let me go see it. And actually, um, my friend and I went and she didn't know anything about it. And so she, but she went on faith saying, okay, well, if you want to see it, I'll see it. And she looked up the Rotten Tomato score before the oh, movie no. started. Oh no. And did she, she tell you? She, she told me and oh, I said, no, no. <laughs> what did you do? I didn't want to have any expectations, but it's okay. <laughs> oh, well, I, I applaud you for, you know, trying to go in with a clean, uh, just like a clean mind and a clean view of the movie, because honestly, this is a discussion that I have with a lot of people, like within you know this movie circle um, yeah. of people who do movie reviews and podcasts and things like that. And and we, it's just it, it's it's just very natural for humans to have their own opinions influenced by the opinions of others. It's yeah. just it's just kind of like the the herd mentality, right? We just follow the herd, and so you know, when we're going against the grain of what the majority thinks, you know, we tend to second guess ourselves and what we like and what we don't like. And and I think that's totally, um, I think it's very natural, but I think it's totally unfair, unfair to the movies that we're talking about and reviewing. And yeah, just uh, unfair to people who want to know, you know, about the movie. But I, I still applaud you. I definitely applaud you for trying to go in with like, you're just a clean mind and not, you know, have anything, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of influence your own opinion. So kudos to you. Thanks. It was hard. <laughs> okay. So I guess after seeing the trailer, because I saw the trailer too, I saw it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Was anything in the movie surprising to you in terms of how the story went that the trailer did not give you? Um, I thought the trailer... Because I did see the trailer a couple times because I showed people. I said, this is the movie I'm going to go see. And, uh-huh. um, and then I noticed a pattern in the trailer. And I thought, hang on a second. And I kind of paid a little bit closer attention. And I thought, oh, my goodness. I think this certain event will happen in this movie. <laughs> and I was right. <laughs> so I, I thought, oh, okay, I'm pretty good at this. So. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. And so for me, I, 
I'm I'm quite the opposite. I I try very hard not to guess any movie, and so even yeah. when I see a trailer, I try not to think too hard about it. I just I'll just take it for what it is and what it gives me, and not yeah. you know try to speculate or anything like that. Where my wife, she she is definitely the opposite of me. She will be halfway through a movie and she'll guess the ending. And like nine out of 10 times, it's what happens. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. So, okay. So I guess I wanted to ask you this question just because having saw the movie and then just, I just went back and watched the trailer right before we started recording. I was like, wow, the trailer pretty much tells you like, yeah, like really what, like what the movie's about and like what's going to happen and what really the book of Henry is, you know? Yep. And, and so so I guess, you know, if, if any of our listeners who are interested in seeing the movie, definitely watch the trailer. If, yes. You know, if the trailer isn't your jive, like if there's nothing in the trailer that interests you in the movie, then, you know, maybe you have your answer already. But yeah, because I, I really was, I was surprised at like, wow, holy cow. Like they really, like, they're not holding back in terms of like telling you what the movie's about. And exactly. I, don't, I don't think they really spoil anything. They're just like showing you, look, this is what the movie is. So... Okay, so Rachel, yeah, what was your first impression of the movie when you got done seeing it? First impression was how on earth did this movie <laughs> only get a 21% rating on Rotten Tomatoes? <laughs> okay. I I just I just didn't I because knowing that low score, I think it was 21% when we went to see it. I think it's different now. Yeah, I think it's at 24 right now, but not like oh, signif- wow, significant, yeah, significant <laughs> jump. Right, I know. Uh, but um, yeah, and I thinking of that score, I, I turned to my friend and I said, I am so sorry that I picked this movie. I'm it's, you know, she said, no, no, no. Like, I'm sorry that I, I told you um, what the score was. You know what? Let's just let's just watch. And if it's terrible, we get to laugh about it either way. Don't feel bad about, you know, taking me out to the movies on a Friday morning. And I said, okay, cool. <laughs> but, you know, being a movie critic, I was like, okay, you know, I'm not going to – I'm still going to try and do this with a clean slate and yeah. and watch it and, and look for – but I was curious. I said, okay, so what about this movie will be so terrible? She only told me the score, none of the comments or anything. Right. And I watched the first 10 minutes and I said – Okay, I really like that opening. I thought it was very effective character development, you know, and that we'll go into that later. But every I just took the movie by increments and kept thinking, okay, I liked that part. Okay, I liked that part. And I just kept waiting for something awful to happen or like, you know, for movie wise, like just like for me to think this movie's terrible, but it, right. it never did. Right. And the movie ended and I thought, where was it? What is this horrible movie you're talking about i don't think i saw it <laughs> but i'm curious to see what you thought so okay so uh, what what i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do is i i, I just want to piggyback uh, off of you know so we'll we'll go into like your critiques and then your highlights okay. and things like that but um i, I what I, i'll do is i'll piggyback off a lot of the things that you say so i can just okay. kind of give you free range because i don't think i like the movie as much as you okay. I, I don't think that it was as bad as yeah, as the rating that it's getting on Rotten Tomatoes, um, but I'll give you my initial impression. So yeah. m- when the movie ended, I just sat there, and the the really the only thing going on in my mind was, 
what on earth did I just <laughs> watch? <laughs> what was this movie? I was like just total confusion because so, okay. So one of the things that I really like to do when I finish watching a movie is just think about like, what was the overall message? Like, I'm trying to uh-huh. like, I want to know like, what, what was the message of the movie? What was the director trying to like tell the audience? And like, what are, what are some of the, I guess, like life's lessons that we're supposed to take away from whatever this movie is that we watch, you know, from the book of Henry to any other movie. And I honestly sat there for just a few minutes, just like thinking like, what, what the heck was this movie? I, I just, I don't get it. I really don't get it. And and uh, I, the more that I thought about it, the, and I, I mean, I've had like a whole day to think about it. So I just saw it yesterday morning. But uh, and, I, and I have some some, I guess, bigger takeaways now than I do when I first got out of the movie. But yeah, gosh, I was super confused. I really was. I, I It wasn't like, oh, that movie sucked. Like I hated it. It was just like, I I just don't know what to think yet. I really don't know what to think. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was my first impression. So, okay. So just going off of that, let's, let's hear what your critiques were of the movie. Okay. I totally, totally agree with your initial take on the movie. I think it was very confusing. And I think that that, um, that actually is one of my critiques. Um, I think that the movie took a lot of risks, um, especially in regards to tonality. I think that's the word where, mm-hmm. but in regards to tone, um, movies generally have one basic tone that they carry throughout the movie. And that's usually how they define the genre of the movie. Um, and I think that picking the genre for this movie would have been kind of hard. So they just, you know, call it a drama and said, well, that's pretty broad. <laughs> yes. You know, let's, no, I agree. Let's I agree. call it a drama. And I think, but I think that the movie said, okay, we are going to take you to the lowest lows and the highest highs and places in between, and then we'll end, you know? Yeah. And I think that because I was so set on saying, okay, what? Okay, movie, I have no expectations at all. I don't even know what you're, you know, I know what you're about, sort of, but just give it to me. Let's see, you know? And <laughs> and so I think that... um most people and critics especially go into the movie with a box like, okay, this movie is going to fit into a box kind of like you were saying. And this movie does not follow any kind of box or pattern. It's definitely a trapezoid of sorts, you know? And, and if you're open to that kind of experience, and I think I was, and my friend was, and so we very much enjoyed it, but I think it isolated a lot of viewers by putting certain twists and turns in there that, maybe they weren't expecting or they immediately were turned off to. Um, And as, even though I kind of enjoyed it, I think that that was a weakness of the film in general. Um, I was going to ask you, I know that you said that on, in the past that you kind of liked the movie passengers. Oh um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I really liked that movie. Mm -hmm. And that was another movie that critics said struggled with tone um, kind of in like the first act was one tone and the second act was a completely different tone. And the last act was, it was like watching three different movies. Yeah. Um, did you have a problem with tone at all with this one or with passengers? So, and if just comparing those two movies, I think the flow of passengers, was was much more seamless than the book, the book of Henry. So the book of Henry was very choppy 
And so I think, I, I guess I just, I think that's what, what I take when, when you're saying tone, the, the segments that lead you from one to the next, it was very choppy and very abrupt. And it was like watching multiple different movies within one movie. Um, from the way that the the beginning of the movie opened and introduced you to the main characters, um, you know, to to really one of the middle climactic parts of the movie, and even yeah. to the end, um, it, it just, and and I think that goes along with some of the the, um, I guess, um, deeper thoughts that I had about the movie in terms of who the movie was actually even about. But I, I'll get in I'll get into that a little later. But um, oh, me too. Trust me. <laughs> So, okay. And I, I'm, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you continue, but just before that though, I, I, mm-hmm. I do want to know your thoughts on this. So, so when the movie begins, you know, you, you meet, you meet Henry and yeah. he's, he's a child genius, right? He's an 11 year old boy who is incredibly intelligent and like wise beyond his years, you know, he's responsible. Um, he's, he's savvy with like finances and things that most adults don't even understand, you know, so he, he's raised by Na- Naomi Watts, Susan, his mom. And Naomi Watts comes off as this very inept and very incompetent person. Yes. Like she, she's a waitress and she plays video games the moment she gets home and Henry, her son, has to tell her to turn off the video games. Like, we're, like, did you did you buy like those character portrayals? Like, did it seem believable to you for both of them? Henry being this boy genius and Naomi Watts being this like, just I, I mean, she's not a deadbeat because she's a great mom. Like, she there are some very endearing and, and uh, heartfelt moments when she's like tucking in the boys, kissing them, singing to them, you know. But yeah. she just. Uh, like the whole video game scenes, like I didn't understand that. Like, were those believable to you? I, I'm just curious to know. You know, um, I thought about this because um, I did a lot of research after seeing the movie. Um, and that was a concern of a lot of people that the, they didn't find the movie believable and laughable at times. And I thought to myself, how come I didn't feel that way? Because I didn't when I was watching the movie. I totally believed oh, okay. the characters okay. and the story. Um, but I was trying to think why, and I think I can think of many family situations that are a lot more weird to me than this one. Oh. And so maybe that's why I thought it, yeah. maybe that's why I thought it was believable because just in my personal experience, I've met families that are very unique. I mean, whether you call it positive or negative, um, they have their own unique dynamic. Um, and having seen those, I, I completely gullibly believed the situation, I think, you know, and I just said, yeah. I took it for granted and said, yeah, this is totally what's going on. And, hmm. um, and I don't know if that's just from my personal experience with families or if that's from my, you know, perspective about movies. Like, sure. If you want to tell me that that's real, I'll, I'll believe it. And then let's <laughs> see where this is going. Yeah. Um, but well, I do I, uh, think, yeah, i sorry. I do think that you have to suspend your disbelief in, in some situations, not just with their family situations, but I think as the movie goes along, there are situations where you have to say, okay, that's happening. I'll take it. Right. Right. So, okay. So, um, and, and maybe my, my critique of the believable aspect of the movie comes with just kind of watching another movie about a child genius and and gifted with Chris Evans. Yeah, I was going to see how you compared the two. Yeah. So, I mean, cause you know, both movies are regarding the movies have nothing to do with each other and they are (laughs) totally 
two different stories. So like, don't Very get me different. wrong, right? And in terms of what they are genius to, you know, um, McKenna Grace in Gifted, she is a math whiz. Like anything math related, she totally comprehends. For for Henry, he is he's just like he's like a fifty year old man in an eleven year old body. Like he's just yeah. he's highly responsible. Um, just very well. Um, what do you call it? Like he he speaks very well and very educated. Like mm-hmm. he's just he's just a smart kid. Like, and so it's two different kinds of genius. But I just think I I think they should have shown more about Henry to make you believe that his intelligence was genuine. You know, and and I I didn't mind that you know Susan relied on Henry for certain things. You know, like take care of our finances, like make sure like. You know, the bills are paid like I get it, you know, Um, but um, I I don't know. I I think maybe Susan's character was the one I had the most trouble with in terms of believing. So, um, okay, so let's uh, okay. Tell me, tell me, do you have any more critiques? Well, just kind of piggybacking off of what you just said, I think the portrayal of Henry and of all the characters in the movie, um, you kind of hinted at this um, and I'm sure we'll go into it in the highlights. Um. But I think that the movie for me from the very beginning was from the perspective of the mom. And I think Henry's portrayal was due to how his mother saw him, if that makes any sense. Oh, interesting. Oh, so no, that's was, interesting. Yeah. If he was too perfect, you know, I thought, oh, well, that's just how she sees him. Right. You know, right. Rather than maybe reality. Because there's other comments that. Um, like his little brother makes about him later in the movie that you'd realize he's not perfect. He pulls pranks on people, you know? And, oh yeah, no, totally. And so I think that maybe it was from his mom's perspective that was due to that, but I don't know. That's just, I think I'm, I'm this movie's ultimate advocate, I guess. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm undermining everything you're saying. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, are, are you kidding? No way. I One, it makes the podcast way more interesting when like we have differing opinions. If we're, if we're yeah. all in agreement, like, Oh yeah, me too. Like it's just kind of boring, but <laughs> totally awesome. Okay. Yeah. So, that's, that's it for critiques for me. Okay. So one, one of the bigger things that I, I was confused about with this movie is why, why the movie was released in the summertime. This, this Ooh, so yeah. so there are just certain movies that are made for certain seasons and I think it helps uh in terms of the overall viewing pleasure and just, you know, what just what the what you take away from a movie in terms of when it's actually released. The whole movie takes place in like the fall and late fall, almost early mm-hmm. winter in upstate New York, right? So yeah. like the leaves are all orange and and red and beautiful and like and then later in the movie it's like late November and it's cold outside and like but it the movie was, was was released in the middle of the summer. I just think I honestly think I really do think that this movie would have done much better if if it was released later in the year. It's competing yeah. though. I mean there're just some big movies out right now and some big movies that are going to come out soon that it's just kind of getting swallowed up in these big blockbuster films. And this movie was never meant to be a summer blockbuster. I just think it was released at a very weird time. Uh, I, it just, I, I honestly think, I think most people are just, I don't know. I think more people would have been more open and accepting of it if it was just released at a different time of the year. And I know that's just like nothing on the movie. Like it's, it would have been the same movie, but that was another thing that just really confused me. But 
Um, okay, so just because I don't want to, I don't want to bash the movie too much. And honestly, I guess there's not really too many things that that we haven't talked on already that uh, that are still a part of my critiques. But yeah, it's just, oh man, I think Susan's character is the one that bugged me the most. I think she's the one that I was confused by the most in terms of what is this character going through? What is she thinking? What, why is she doing what she is doing? There was nothing about her character that really made sense to me. I think Henry was, was uh, a better developed character, even though I think there are some flaws behind it. And I, Peter, the younger brother, I thought he was fantastic. I really, really liked him. And I liked the actor that played Peter. Um, and, um, and, and the neighbors, I, I, you know, so, you know, his neighbor who is getting abused by her stepfather, Christina, um, yes. I thought she did a great job. I thought her story was believable. I thought her character was well-developed and same with her stepfather. Like it, they didn't need to go into too much detail in order to show you who these characters are and what they're going through and have you really catch on in terms of what it means to the overall story. And so those are the things that I liked about the movie. And I thought that they did a great job on. Um, but yeah, gosh, I, I honestly think it's just Susan. Susan was just, I just could not, I, I, I couldn't take it. I really couldn't. And so, um, and so I guess, yeah, let's, uh, I'll let you go into your highlights, but, um, um, honestly, I just, I thought the movie had a lot of potential after seeing the trailer. I was really excited to see the movie. Uh, there, there are just movies like this that, that, you know, really center around children and child actors that I really do enjoy. And I think, uh, you know, movies that have ch- children actors that act well are actually really good movies. Just kind of going back to gifted. Um, yeah. and, and I just, the movie had potential. It, it really did. It really did. But, um, I, I just, the way it was executed was, it, it, it was just super confusing. Okay. So let's hear your highlights. All right. Um, no, I think oh, your critiques are so good and on point, and I totally see them uh, looking back. Um, you know, I and this may you may disagree with this because I know you didn't like uh, Susan's as a character as much, um, but I really loved Naomi Watts's acting. I I did I did enjoy her performance. Um, I think that there's another movie, The Impossible, where oh, she yeah. has a great mother son dynamic. Um, but she's, you know, a doctor in that movie and very responsible and very much, you know, like telling her son all the time, no, this is what you do. I'm the adult. And he's the one who's like, no, let me help you. Right. But in this movie, she's like the child and this son is, you know, <laughs> taking care of her. Yes. Um, but I think I love this movie so much, uh, with her acting. Well, I'll go into that highlight later. Um, but, Focusing a little bit on Jacob Tremblay as Peter, um, like you said, he is so on point. Uh, I haven't seen the movie The Room yet. With oh him. yeah, with Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. Um, and I heard he was great in that one, and I believe it one hundred percent. I think it's funny because Colin Trevorrow. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but yep. he's the director of this film. <laughs> he is, and it's and, kind of a strange. strange uh i guess genre for him to jump into (laughs) absolutely with him doing uh jurassic world yep then this one and then he's going to direct star wars episode nine i know i know when i when i realized that it was colin trevorrow who did this movie i was 
I was just, I was really kind of just like jaw dropped. Like what? This was yes. him? No way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, this is a side note, but I hope that Jacob Tremblay and Colin Trevorrow have a good friendship because uh, Jacob Tremblay loves Star Wars. If you Wikipedia him, there's not much there because, you know, he's like 11. Yeah. But one thing that's on there is how big of a Star Wars fan he is. That's and I so think funny. Hopefully, that he, <laughs> since he worked with this director, he'll give him a cameo or something. But he he does so well at being funny, um, control of facial expressions, um, body language. I just I'm blown away by him, and I think he he really carries a lot of the movie. Um, and even at points where the movie plot got confusing, I was willing to discard it because I was so fascinated by their performances. Yeah. And uh, another highlight was the climax scene of the movie for me um, with the music um, and uh, the talent show con- uh, going along with her mission that she was seeking to complete. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that that was so well paced. Um, so well put together uh, and the music uh, overlapping the scenes of her working and then the, the talent show going on. Yeah. Um, and I think that that scene was actually very deep and thinking about, um, you know, the innocence of childhood with the very adult, very serious thing that she was going to go do. Um, and just, I just thought, found that contrast to just be, uh, like I was just in awe the entire time and like, don't talk to me. Just let me watch this scene, you know? So I thought it was very engaging and, and very well directed that scene. So I, I have no worries about Star Wars episode nine um, <laughs> as far as that's concerned. Yeah. Um, and just, I guess my last highlight would be um, that with Naomi Watts's character, I always saw the movie from her point of view kind of thing um and i think that that's why it got you know maybe henry was too perfect and maybe even his little brother was too perfect maybe the story kind of seemed jumbled um but her life was jumbled and her you know in in family life you know we can go from moments where we're bursting out in laughter and thinking what a goof to very serious moments where you know or we're, we're yelling at each other or having a fight, you know? And so I think that tone can shift in family just as much as it does in the movie. Yeah. Um, but seeing Naomi Watts, I actually appreciated how childish she was and the <laughs> dynamic. Um, because I think that one of my biggest fears about life is that if I ever became a parent, I'd be a bad one. <laughs> um, but I think that watching her on screen... And thinking to myself, oh, she's not very good at this. <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah. she's had I mean, she's had these boys for who knows how long. Yeah. But she's kinda kinda failing in a couple points. But I never questioned how much she loved her boys. Yeah. And I think that in this world, and like I mentioned unique family situations before, um, I think this are that's the way the world is 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 right now, and whether it's going there or rectifying itself i think that these family situations uh where families you know as a single mom what can she do to help her family to create an environment where they can be happy and grow um what does she do you know she does her best and even if her best is the tell fruit loop sandwiches i <laughs> you know 
Um, or to, you know, if she just feels stressed after a long day or she's late every day to pick him up from school, you know, um, and, but she, you never question how much she loves them. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I just thought that that to me was a takeaway that, you know, as a parent, you are going to fail and there are going to be days where you literally look at yourself and say, I am making a Nutella and Fruit Loop sandwich. What is wrong with me? <laughs> but you you just take it and you don't let that fear of inadequacy keep you from being a parent and, and from having a family, I think. And um, I just, and there were times where she treated her kids as peers, you know, had a very adult conversation with them to where they were like, mom, don't talk to me that way. You know, don't use that language with me. Mom. Yeah. But there were times, I mean, I, uh, in my personal life, I had single parents for part of it and interacting with them, there were times when they treated me more like a peer than a child. Um, and as a teenager, I was, you know, all entitled and thought, oh my gosh, what terrible parents, you know? And, um, but now growing up, I, I find that that's so, it just, it's just what I would do. I wouldn't be able to carry the burden alone. And the fact that they reached out to me as a child made that time sacred to me, you know? Yeah. And so I just think that I, I related a lot to the movie and maybe it wasn't as relatable to other people, but I found it very relatable and I appreciated um, even the wackiness of the story. I'm totally willing to say it's wacky and, <laughs> um, and a little, you know, like, what am I watching? I actually had that reaction as well, but it was more of a, like wow, this is so interesting and refreshingly new instead yeah. of like, I yeah. feel so confused and don't even know what to think right now. You know? Right, right. But yeah, I just really loved the family dynamics. And I thought that that was just such a, a beautiful part of the movie. Oh gosh, I feel like that's like, this is a note that we need to end on. It was very positive, very informative. And <laughs> it, but, so, okay, here's the thing. Like I try not to um, select my, my backseat director's recommendation until after, um, you know, after we're done talking, just because I feel like I'm able to see different things that I was not able to see before, you know, just things that like oh, a different yeah, co-host sure. can like help point out and things like that. And, and I feel like I'm still kind of teetering on my recommendation, but we'll get into that in just a sec. I, I and honestly, I, I'm really glad that you said that because I do think I can see your point of view. And I do think, on many different levels that this movie will be relatable, relatable to a lot of different people, um, you know, to where, yeah, maybe this weird family dynamic that's going on between Henry Peter and their mom, Susan, um, is, is very believable or, you know, and even, even what Henry asks of his mom in order to help him save Christina, their neighbor, you know, from, from being abused. Um, yeah. you know, and that's why I, so and I, let's, let's do our final thoughts. And my final thoughts are that, when the movie when the movie begins um and unlike you because you said that you you saw the movie from Susan's point of view and you thought it was a movie about Susan from the beginning yeah for me i thought it was about henry and i and i and i was you know expecting to see the movie through henry's eyes you know but as the movie goes on i i totally um began to understand that the movie's not about henry it's about susan and it's about mm -hmm. susan um, really, it's like, even though she's what 40 in the movie, it's like a coming of age story for Susan. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know? And and so uh, it, it's just, it's her growth 
over time and experiencing, you know, difficult things in life and really making decisions as a grown adult. <laughs> and so, yes. so, um, those are my final thoughts. Is there anything else you'd like to leave, uh, leave our audience list or our listeners before we do our recommendation? Um, just that I think I'm so glad that they still make movies like this, um, where they're willing to take risks, take a storyline that hasn't been tried out before, um, and to take risks. And I think that, you know, uh, Naomi Watts probably looks back on this and says, okay, maybe that's not one of the proudest moments of my career, you know, and maybe people <laughs> won't be talking about this movie forever. But she, I actually read an interview she did after people were talking about this book of Henry. And she said, you know what? I gave everything I had to that movie and I have no regrets. And I thought that that is just such a beautiful perspective. Um, uh, and I, I, I would tell people when they go see this movie and maybe this will help them enjoy it that, you know, you probably maybe will cry. And I think that I appreciate when people tell me that because then I'm, oh, okay, if I cry, it's okay. You know, I kind of have to be told it's okay to cry. Right. Um, and so I think that if I tell people that, then they're, then they won't be feel, um, oh, I can only think of the word in Spanish. What is the word in English? They won't feel cheated. <laughs> uh, or deceived, you know, if they're like, oh, I'm crying. I wasn't supposed to cry in this movie. You yeah, know? yeah. So I think, yeah, just be ready for that and just let it happen. If you if you do go see it, let it happen. So here's the last thing that I'll end on, and and I appreciate what you just said because I I do agree with what you're saying. Um, my, I think my favorite line in the movie was when Henry is at the grocery store with his mom. And he witnesses an altercation between a man and a woman in the grocery store. And, um, you know, the, the altercation is, uh, there's a lot of, uh, verbal yelling. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of, um, uh, kind of grabbing and holding and shaking. There, there's no hitting or pushing, at least what I remember. Mm -hmm. But, um, especially after what Henry witnessed, um, in terms of his, his neighbor, Christina being abused. And then he sees this in the store. He wants to intervene and he wants to do something. And when he tells his mom and his mom doesn't do anything, you know, he gets upset at her. And so later on, uh, she sits down and talks with them when they're home and, and she's like, well, what could have, what could have I done? You know, I, I you know, what if he, what if he was going to be violent with me or something like that? And he said, um, uh, he said, is violent really the worst thing in the world? And she says, uh, well, what is worse than violence? And he says, apathy. Mm -hmm. And so I think in terms of an overall message, I, 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 the movie really does touch on some serious, you know, social issue, issues such as child yes. abuse, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and that, you know, we, re we, we cannot sit on the sidelines or sit on the fence when it comes to things like this and that. Yeah, we, we have to do something. We have to do something. Even if, yeah, we're not a family or friend, uh, you know, uh, related to whoever is being abused. But, you know, apathy, um, indifference, or not doing anything is just as bad as really abusing, in my opinion. But so that that was my my takeaway or my final thoughts. So love it. I think it's uh, great. Okay, Rachel, let's do our recommendation. Our recommendation. Rachel. What is your official backseat director's recommendation for the movie? Oh, this was a hard one. I, I, I thought about it because 
you know, if, if I'm only 21% of the world that thinks it's worth watching, um, should I really tell people to go see it? And I finally decided, uh, just based off of right when the movie ended, I turned to my friend that I took to the movie and, and asked her, am I crazy or was this a good movie? And she said, <laughs> you're not crazy. It was good. And there was this cute old couple there at the theater who liked it too. So I say go see it. On the <laughs> off chance that you're not old couple or like my, my friend that I took, that you should go see it. No, stick to your guns and, and I don't let anyone else tell you otherwise. Okay, so we have a go see it from Rachel. My recommendation, and I think I think you helped convince me of feeling okay with what I uh, what I'm gonna recommend, and that is it, it is a maybe wait for me. So when I first got out of the movie, I was so confused and so just bothered by the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, why did I see this movie? And there's no way that I can like you know, like say, Hey people, maybe you should go see this movie. But after our discussion, I do think it's a maybe wait. So I, you know, if people aren't into the current movies that are out, like the mummy or wonder woman or superhero movies, et cetera, you know, and they want a more, you know, down to earth, realistic type movie, I guess. Yeah. Then maybe this is your kind of movie for me. I'd probably watch it again. If when it comes out on the video and my wife hasn't seen it, she's like, Hey, will you watch it? I'll totally sit down and watch it with her. But yeah, my recommendation is a maybe wait. I love that. I think that's a great recommendation. (laughs) Well, Rachel, it's been a podcast. Thank you so much. Can you believe you, uh, Andre? Can you believe uh, 50 minutes has gone by? <laughs> oh, 50. Wow. I'm, uh, I, you'll get to know me. I'm a talker, Andre. I can talk your ear off, especially about movies. Hey, well, no, this was an excellent review. And I really do appreciate your different insights and different takes on the movie because it's just, you know, that's how it is with any movie. You know, two people can watch the same movie and view it very differently. And so, yeah. So thank you. Thanks for taking the time out today. It was great. Thanks for having me. It's been a great time. Absolutely. Okay. So Rachel, before we end though, if, if uh, any of our listeners uh, want to reach out to you and continue today's discussion on the book, Henry, or if they just want to follow you on social media, how can they get a hold of you? So I, I actually don't do social media as much. Um, I, I kind of wish I did, but I'm not very savvy with it. And I think that if somebody, if I did give them my Facebook, I probably wouldn't get back to them for a month and I'd end up offending them. <laughs> but I think that I just, yeah, I just don't communicate very much for, uh, by social media. So I... Um, I would just say get a hold of Backseat Directors and um, if they really want to talk to me I'd love to Um, but yeah hopefully I can come on to the podcast another time and I'm going to definitely keep listening to it so well perfect absolutely absolutely and I'll I'll be glad to pass along anybody who has a question for you regarding the book of Henry maybe (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'm the resident expert on it now so (laughs) Well, well thank you listeners thank you for listening and downloading today's episode make sure to stay up to date with all of our episodes on uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, Stitcher, and any other podcast outlet. Um, and yeah, make sure to leave us a rating on iTunes. Uh, let us know what you think of the podcast and maybe how we can improve. And uh, you guys know how to follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. It's at the Beauty Podcast. Follow us and stay up to date and uh, find out what movie we are going to be seeing next. And if you, just like Rachel, want to be a backseat director uh, and co-host on the show, Just send me a message and we'll have you on. So on behalf of Rachel and myself, thank you for listening. And we'll see you guys next week at the movies. The Backseat Director's theme song is Let's Go to the Movies by Ozo Motley. 
You can find the album, Ozo Motley Presents Ozo Kids, and all of their other music on iTunes. Join the conversation online and follow Backseat Directors on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Beatty Podcast. Show.